Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. And we are back. This is the Wes and Walker Show. Welcome to the 2 o'clock hour here. We're out here at the Wells Fargo Championship at Quail Hollow Golf Course. Taking it in. Just got a chicken biscuit during the break. Yeah, Colin, you're the real MVP, as KD would have said a decade ago, bringing us the Chick-fil-A chicken biscuit. Also, got to see Matt Kuchar just walk by us. The first celebrity sighting, at least for me. Willie P said, Cooch. I was like, wait, who is it? Oh, that's right, Matt Cooper. That's right. I had to I had to make sure. I was like, wait, who is that guy? Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. So, yo, so getting back to the uh, NBA conversation, and you guys can chime in, 704-570-9610, the Garage Door Guru text line. And uh, Joel Embiid became an MVP for the first time yesterday. And so you saw the emotional response from him. And the cool thing was when they showed, um, I'm not sure if he did it on social media or where he predicted that. That this would happen to where he put his face on top of the MVP standings way back in the <laughs> day right. when he was trying to make his way into the NBA. But he had a great season, averaged 33 points, 10 boards, 4 assists per game. He did miss 16 games uh, this season. But Nikola Jokic, his biggest competitor, he played in 69 games this season. So for those of you out there who are on the Jokic train and saying that uh, he should not be getting it because he gets hurt, well, Jokic didn't play in many more games as well. He had 53, 33, 86 splits. That's 53% from the field, 33% uh, from three-point land, and 86% from uh, the charity stripe. So those are fantastic numbers from a big man. Jokic finished second, uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Jokic finished second. So, yeah, so do you agree with MB winning the MVP? I know everybody had a lot of candidates. You had Jason Tatum uh, in there as well and Giannis, but did you think that uh, they got it right? I do think they got it right, and this is one of the more intense MVP races that I've seen in my lifetime, especially with all of the discourse surrounding it. When Kendrick Perkins went on ESPN and talked about the race-related issue that is Joel Embiid not winning it over Nikola Jokic, that's one. Two, we can go back to the last couple of years where Joel Embiid was so close to winning it, and he was the best center in the Eastern Conference, and... He would be the second best center in the league with Jokic having won MVP for two straight years, almost won it a third straight year. But then Joel Embiid couldn't even get first team all NBA because you only have one center spot. So he'd be like in theory within the spirit of the conversation, Joel would be listed as like the sixth best player in the NBA. And so this was a lot for him. Joel cared about this, Wes. He clearly cared about this. And I know a lot of players care about winning the MVP, even if they say they don't. You should. It's a high honor. I think you should, too. And you win MVP, it helps your team. If you are the best player in basketball for that season, if you're the most valuable player, it's going to help your team. So I don't even view it as selfish if you want to win that kind of award, as long as you try to win the championship, too, which they are. Clearly, everybody is trying to win that. It just feels like this one meant a lot to him because he missed out the last couple of years. Because also, Wes, this is a guy that at the beginning of his career, we didn't even know if this thing was going to get started. You look at his 
uh, rookie season, missed the entire year in 2014-15 with a foot injury. Same exact thing the next season. Two years in the NBA without playing one single second. And then the third year in the NBA was he only played 31. Like, he couldn't win Rookie of the Year because he only played 31 games. Finally, the season he was allowed to play. And now here he is. Every year since was an all-star appearance. Every year since is flirting with All-NBA, if not outright getting that spot. Now he wins the MVP award. Really happy for him. I thought it was well-deserved. Defensive impact. Ability to beast down low. I thought it was really cool to see him get that. Uh, I was a Jason Tatum guy. Uh, I think that Joel Embiid certainly is deserving, but I was a Jason Tatum guy. I probably would have gone with him when you talk about Boston uh, finishing. Overall over Jokic, too. Yeah, I okay. did. I, I like Tatum. He averaged 30, eight boards, 4.6 assists. He scored the most total points in the NBA this season. He hit the six most uh, three-pointers, and he and Shea Gilgis-Alexander were one of just two players in the NBA that averaged at least 30 points with fewer than three turnovers per game. Uh, Jason Tatum's team finished ahead of Joel Embiid's in the standings. So, yeah, I, I was a Jason Tatum guy. I felt like it was his year, year all year. Boston had been tearing it up and then they hit a little bit of a lull but uh, then they you know they got back on track and they look to be in my opinion the favorite with Milwaukee down now if you want to say the Sixers or maybe the Heat I know Fiddy doesn't want to hear that but huh. one of those teams but Boston in my opinion is the favorite in the Eastern Conference to go back to the finals for the second straight season so yeah I would I would have gone with Jason Tatum Jason Tatum your vote still finishing the top three I believe so Joel Embiid gets that first place vote Nikola Jokic gets the second place vote Jason Tatum Tatum still was getting quite a bit of love out there. Feel free to text us, 704-570. And Giannis not to be slighted. Maybe Giannis was third, if in fact, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe Jason Tatum got fourth. We can get our research team on that. One thing I wanted to talk about with you, though, Wes, is something that we haven't discussed yet. Coming in from Adam Silver, he defended in a group of AP writers that were listening to Adam Silver talk about the league, the suspension that was handed to Miles Bridges. In case you don't know, Miles Bridges was suspended for a grand total of 30 games. I will put that 30-game total in air quotes because he's going to be missing only 10 games this upcoming season, with 20 having already been served this past year. It does matter on the pay scale, though. It does mean that he will lose 30 game checks just so they can have some kind of bigger financial hit. Now, when he defended this just a little, uh, a few days ago, this is what Adam Silver had to say. He said that he and Clutch Agency, he and Miles Bridges, Clutch Sports being the agency that Miles Bridges ab uh, uh, abides by, excuse me, they had a mutual agreement that Miles would not play during the 2022-2023 season. And he said, quote, the process with Bridges was that we worked with his representatives and the Players Association that he would sit out the entire year. Wes, this is just weird. And I don't know if that's yeah. – I don't know what other word to bring to the table when describing this because it feels like some off-of-the-record punishment. But also, if a punishment is agreed upon by the punished party, it's probably not strong enough. And I've been trying to figure out how to, how to articulate that sort of take because it is weird. We don't know what to do with this. You have an official punishment in place, 30 games, 10 going to be missed this upcoming season. But then you just kind of agree, hey, Miles, don't sign with anybody. No team will sign you. Sure. Sit this one out. Then come back next year. Serve a suspension that you will not appeal. And then we'll roll from there. If you agree on it, if you get consent from the punished party, 
then how much of a punishment is it, Wes? And I think that's the thing I've tried to wrap my head around. And for me, it just doesn't feel like it goes far enough, especially especially with why he's being suspended in the first place. Yeah, and that's the thing. Had you announced it and said this is what his punishment's going to be, he's going to miss the entire season and some games next year, then okay, we can rock with that. But to come out and say now retroactively, oh, yeah, 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 that was part of the punishment too. Like, no, that doesn't work for me. And it sounds like to me clutch doing their clutch things with LeBron James having his hand over the NBA globe and his agency saying, hey, that's our guy. Let's do this. Let's make it look like this and finding a way to spin the situation for Miles. That's what it looks like to me. I don't understand a retroactive punishment where we weren't told that that's what it is. But then they come out in retrospect and say, oh, yeah, 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 that was the punishment. And no, that doesn't. No, well, not and, feeling it. And that's why it it does make sense given the numbers we got after the season was over. And that was always going to be baked in. I just remember talking about this too when I was questioning myself whether I was naive enough or dumb enough, quite frankly, to think, okay, is there any way that Adam Silver and the league would be discussing this punishment before it was announced with Miles Bridges and Clutch Sports? And of course that was happening where you even had this past season a little wink-wink deal, hey, don't sign with the team. So yeah, I mean, that absolutely was happening when we were questioning why this is the thing that took place between those two parties. And so that's what's really hard to try to grapple with. Eventually, I do think Miles Bridges is going to sign with the Charlotte Hornets next year. I do think he's going to be back in a Hornets uh, in a Hornets uniform. And you've heard Mitch Kupchak talk about it quite a bit during any media availability that he had, whether it be at the trade deadline or whether it be at the end of the season. He would say, I'll let you figure out just how big of an impact his absence had on our team. If they view it that way, if Mitch Kupchak also tells you that they are not going to be looking for a lot of outside help, I think Miles Bridges is still considered inside help bringing him back for this upcoming sure. season. I, I think he's going to be back. The biggest question is, I just have zero clue how much money he's going to get. I, usually we can try to confine this into a neighborhood. P.J. Washington is someone we talk a lot, a lot about because of his impending free agency. We can go ahead and guess that he's going to get $15 million annually, $20 million at the very high end. That's what we can guess. We can have a $5 million range. Wes, I can't tell you what kind of range. Like, it might be 15. I might tell you a contract and be way off because of the circumstances of him being suspended and also having this type of offense where he was arrested for felony domestic violence off of the rip. So I don't know what to tell you as far as what kind of contract Charlotte is going to hand out or what other team hands out that contract kind of as a poison pill thing. Maybe they give Miles Bridges a deal just to drive the price up for Charlotte, who inevitably you think is going to pay. That's a more plausible situation, in my opinion, because I think if it were just up to the Hornets plainly, I think that they give him a short-term deal, a short-term prove-it deal to see what the behavior, the character is going to look like when he returns, but I think that other teams will try to do that because they're going to want to take him away from the Charlotte Hornets. But at the end of the day, I think that he will be back. I think that he is going to end up getting some semblance of what he could have gotten. And so I guess I would ask you, and we are up against it a little bit, but uh, how long do you think it would take Miles to get back in the good graces of Hornets fans there, when he does There's There's back? people right now that are ready. I don't think it's going to oh, take sure. that long. You can look at the, the, the warm-up videos and yeah. see that. No, there are people right now that are ready to welcome him back with open arms, which, okay, that's your thing. 
I don't, I don't know if I would be welcoming him back with open arms to this degree. Where you think about this, man, when you are so, if you are the listener, if you are the texter, whoever that is so angry at this type of discourse surrounding the Miles Bridges situation, where you are giving the benefit of the doubt to Miles Bridges, but then getting mad at anybody else for seeing the photos and giving the benefit of the doubt to Michelle Johnson based off of the evidence that no, did not get him to a guilty plea, but did get him to plead no contest, which is not a formal admission of guilt, but it's also not any kind of innocent reign on him. So you're giving the benefit of the doubt to the dude that you want to see play for your favorite basketball team instead of the victim that those photos are painous to look at. Sure. Just, I mean, <laughs> you, you can go on whatever side you want to, but ultimately, if you are just so forthright in saying, why are you guys going to be deciding the punishment of Miles Bridges? Are you holier than thou? Like, think about how you sound when you exactly. say that. And there are a lot of people, just, just to sum this up, there's going to be a lot of people that are happy as hell to see Miles Bridges back playing for their favorite team because it means more wins, and that's just kind of kind of the talent that he possesses with a team that's been so starved for it for so long. Yeah, I think it's going to fracture the fan base. Uh, I think there's going to be a large contingent of people who don't want to see him back, and I think that that first game at the arena when he is coming out onto the court, they're going to let their feelings be heard, but I also think that with the same token that you're going to have fans who are also going to be excited to see him return so it's going to be an interesting mix and it's going to be a fascinating situation to watch but when we return on the Wesson Walker show we're going to talk about the Panthers coaching staff could it be a little bit too much for a young quarterback in year one that and more this is the Wesson Walker show sports radio 92.7 WFNZ whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Walker and I, we had to come back. We just hit a couple of hole-in-ones and got offered a couple of PGA deals uh, during that break. But you hit the first one, so drinks are on you. Yeah, man. So uh, this is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ from the Wells Fargo Championship. At Quail Hollow Golf Course, man, it's starting to thicken up out here. Uh, a lot of action going on behind us and around us because we are near the putting green. So people have been uh, getting it in around there uh, today. Phrasing, Wes. Might work on the phrasing right there. Well, <laughs> I said they're getting it in. Then, Your mind's always in I'm the just, I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. Then you pause to let it sit a little bit. That's not on me. Look, usually... <laughs> Uh, usually it's on y'all. That one's not on me, though. I think that you, you just need to keep moving on, so feel free to continue. All right. <laughs> Hit us up on the text line, <laughs> 704-570-9610. Follow us on those social medias, the Wesson Walker Twitter, the WFNZ Twitter, and Instagram. We're always giving you the behind-the-scenes access to check out what's going on 
the shenanigans that you guys don't necessarily get to hear and see. Not all of them, but some of them. We give you a few treats. But getting back to the NFL. And we're talking about the offseason that the Panthers had. Bryce Young, obviously, being the icing on the cake, the cherry on top, whichever one you want to use uh, to describe that. It coming in with a brand-new coaching staff that is full of expertise. You talk about Josh McCown as the quarterback's coach. You talk about Jim Caldwell uh, as an assistant, special assistant. You talk about Frank Reich being an offensive-minded guru that he is regarded as at the head coaching spot and so uh and then not to mention thomas brown the young wonder kid offensive coordinator that they brought in if you want to describe it that way because he is a young guy do you think that this staff and and the experience that a lot of people talk about could it be a little bit too much for a young quarterback could he have potentially too many voices in his head or in his ear during his first season Absolutely not. I think one of the underrated parts about all of the coaches that they hired is everybody, I think, understands their role. One, you have to when – so, for instance, we could go to Jim Caldwell, who was a part of the head coaching search with this team. He was mentioned in those types of uh, in those types of searches where, okay, maybe it's Frank Reich, maybe it's Steve Wilkes, maybe it's Jim Caldwell. That was the name we talked about. But then he accepted a job with Frank Reich even after Reich got the head coaching job. Jim Caldwell knows what it is. Plus, Jim Caldwell is not somebody that I'm going to be worried about creating any drama in the locker room or in the coaching room. So Jim Caldwell, somebody that might have a problem because of his head coaching expertise before, he's not going to mix it up. Frank Reich is someone that I don't necessarily see as a drama causer either. Sure. Thomas Brown knows what it is. I mean, he's with L.A. under Sean McVay, bright mind. Maybe he wants to be offensive coordinator. I would imagine that's the natural progression in him climbing the ranks of being an NFL coach. But it does seem like that is going to happen anyway. Based off Frank Reich's conversation, when we were all asking who's going to be the play caller, Thomas Brown or Frank Reich, Reich said it will be him now. And then eventually the reins will be handed over to one Thomas Brown. That's that's the kind of sense that we got when Reich was talking about that. I think everybody understands their role. I think Jero Averro, even if we were also interviewing him as the potential head coach, he took the job after Reich was taken, or after he was already announced. Everybody gets it. Plus, these are professionals. These are smart guys. They know what it might mean to create something that is a distraction or create something that doesn't need to be caused to unnecessarily hurt this football team. Zero problem whatsoever with the prowess. I don't think that's going to be a factor at all. Yeah, um, I think if it were maybe a different type of quarterback, I would maybe think so because it doesn't even have to be negative or like drama, but just so many guys telling you so many different things. I think Bryce Young, man, he strikes me as just, like I said, I've talked about him all the time as being a savant, one of those Kobe, when, when NBA people talk about the Kobe's and the Rajon Rondo's and, and, and some of those great players, Kevin Garnett's, they would talk about how you better know what you're talking about when you come to them because these guys are so smart that they already know what they need to do and they already know uh, most of what it is that they're being asked of. And so I think that regardless of who tells him what, I think that Bryce Young is such a sharp guy that he has a really good grasp on what is needed. And I think that even guys telling him stuff, he'll be able to decipher what's going to help him most instead of just it all cluttering his head like it could some players. Well, and it's not like they're going to be telling the different things, right? I mean, if, if you are a part of a coaching staff, Frank Reich – 
Jim Caldwell, Thomas Brown, Josh McCown, all of the offensive coach uh, members of the coaching staff. It, I don't. You're not going to be contradicting one another. You'd be surprised. Yeah. Well, and if that's the case, then it's going to be weird for Bryce Young to hold on to one piece of information and not allow somebody else to know it. I understand that there could be relationships that are, you know, caused that are stronger or built that are stronger with one coach than another. Mm-hmm. I just that would spell dysfunction. Right, like if, if you have different coaches telling the rookie QB a whole bunch of different stuff, that would be dysfunction. You have to immediately go in thinking, man, everybody wants to be the head chef. I don't think this is going to work, and that's just not the vibe I get from anybody that got announced, whatever their role was, whether it be QB coach, offensive quality control, offensive coordinator, or head coach. I don't see any of these people thinking, man, I'm going to get mine. I'm going to let Bryce Young know what I think is the best thing and contradict what this other coach said, and I'm going to hide it from that head coach, too. Well, yeah, I mean, you're taking the espionage, the James Bond uh, spy movie approach. You are. <laughs> you, no, that's no. not what I said. <laughs> I just said that it could be guys coaching him in an earnest effort and it being so much information that he's taking in that it could be a lot. That's like that's the angle I'm coming. It's not like Jim Caldwell sitting there and hanging out around the corner and said, what did Thomas just tell him no 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 listen Bryce this is what you got to do don't listen to what he's saying that's not what I'm saying I'm just saying that you, you know you hear the phrase all the time you can pick one but too many cooks in the kitchen so if you're getting coaching from so many different guys all I'm saying is that sometimes that could clutter your brain and you're thinking about a little bit too much instead of you having one to two voices he will probably have four voices in his head as far as giving him coaching and not in a malicious way to one up another guy I don't think that's going to be a problem, but let's say that it could be. Let's just hypothetically say it could be. Reckless speculation. Let's go. You got the best QB in the draft to deal with that sure. sort of thing. If, if, that, if that was a problem with C.J. Stroud on the roster, with still some development needed to come his way because of the difference in offensive system, playing with Ryan Day, and now going to an NFL system, maybe that would be a bigger problem if you thought that might happen from this coaching staff. Same thing with Anthony Richardson, somebody as inexperienced, not necessarily that he has a low football IQ by any means, just less experienced because he hasn't played a whole lot. Maybe that might be a problem with Anthony Richardson. But with Bryce Young, if you are worried about that at all, He's absolutely the quarterback that could deal with that better than a lot of other QB prospects that we've ever seen. Yeah, and that's all I'm saying about Bryce Young is that I think he's such a sharp guy that I think that he is going to be able to decipher the the what from the what. He's going to be like, okay, I know all these guys are telling me all these different things. I got this. I know what I'm supposed to do, and he might take bits and pieces. And so that's the only thing that was in my speculation is that guys just coaching him earnestly with kind intentions, but just hit being so many voices like good lord how many of you guys are going to have to tell me something because you can see that with guys coaches have egos people in high places have egos and so I'm just saying that guys will want to try to get their piece of knowledge in because as I keep saying this kid's going to be great and everybody's going to want to have some type of hand in him becoming great whether they want to admit it or not and so I think that you could just see scenarios of guys wanting to get their pieces of information information in uh, on him and maybe it could just be to the point for uh, maybe a player that can't handle it just being like oh my god like mm-hmm. can you guys just shut up like it, it's too many of you guys <laughs> is there 
is there a favorite coach that was hired this offseason for you? Is there somebody that stands um, out in particular? Well, be, obviously, man, it's going to be Jim Caldwell. That the man way- offered me a scholarship. Yeah. This whole coaching staff sent me handwritten letters. So, of course, it's going to be Jimmy C. I, I know. Maybe I've talked about this too much. I just think his presence on the staff means the world. Yeah. I, I, with him having been a head coach already, with him having success, by the way, being a head coach, whether you're talking about with the Indianapolis Colts or actually bringing the Detroit Lions organization to the postseason multiple times, that Jim Caldwell, who also is a bright offensive mind that has been in the game for quite some time, for him to be on staff, for Bryce Young, when speaking with media, I believe it was Jarrett Bell who asked that question about his meeting with Jim Caldwell. He said, yeah, it went great. I can't wait to pick the brain of a great offensive mind that has been so experienced, but also have some of those ideas develop in new ways with someone like Thomas Brown, who you get from the Sean McVay coaching tree. And we clearly have very different opinions of Sean McVay. Sure. But we've seen Sean McVay guys have success, like another Wake Forest player at one upon a, once upon a time with Zach Taylor, what he's done with Cincinnati. And I do think Sean McVay is a bright offensive mind that Thomas Brown was able to learn under and also bring his new ideas. Regardless, you have so many different pots to choose from. You have such a medley of offensive ideas that I think is going to be able to help you. And then even if you don't put a lot of stock into what McVay can give you, Josh McCown, think about how many systems McCown has been in. Think about how many teams McCown has played for and has been able to pick and choose what he thinks works best for a guy like a Bryce Young, and that guy's on your staff. It's just it's why it's so celebrated. From any smart NFL pundit that you see out there, they're all celebrating what the Panthers have done this offseason before the personnel moves, before they went out and got – uh, starting caliber wide receiver room before they went out and shored up some of the defensive uh, the whole they have maybe giving you some depth at safety before all of that they were celebrating what Carolina was doing because of the coaching hire. All right, so another voice that could end up being in his head just maybe people are speculating on this and have been and I think they will for quite some time. Kevin Skarbinski of AL.com said that the Panthers should bring back Cam Newton for Bryce Young. He said that would be one of the best things the Panthers could ever do for the young quarterback is to bring in Cam Newton and I just asked the question, could this actually be willed into existence? No, it can't. (laughs) (laughs) The the, the headline, how can Carolina do better than sign Bryce? Bring Cam back with him. That is the headline on AL.com, as you mentioned. It's going to take a lot more than that. It's just, can you imagine if he comes back a third time? We've talked about this quite a few times, right? The, The idea of Cam Newton coming back and being this tutor of the game for Bryce Young, who would be a third-string QB. Wes, I understand Cam said he would even back up a different QB. I said, I think we, we all know that he said he'd be willing to do that. Okay, now we're going to push it further and say, are you willing to be a third-string quarterback? Because sure. he would be. Yeah. He's not going to sign as big of a contract as Andy Dalton just did with Carolina, even if you think in your heart of hearts being a Cam Newton homer that you are. And again... Julius Peppers and Cam are my favorite players yeah, of all you time. you do love Cam. I I'm love Cam Newton. It. Even if you think that he is still right now better than Andy Dalton, then they're not going to bring him back because they already handed that contract. They, they already gave Andy Dalton yeah. a backup. If that's a part of the plan, they're not going to stray away from that to also bring in Cam Newton. It's just not going to happen. No, I don't think it can be willed in existence, and I don't think it's a great idea. We already did it 
right? It just doesn't make any sense to bring him back when you already have a number one overall pick in Bryce Young. You have your backup QB in Andy Dalton. Uh, a third straight time wouldn't make sense to me. Yeah, I, you know, I think there are a lot of benefits to it, but I also think, though, as well, like you said, from a money standpoint, doesn't make sense because you don't think Cam will probably take the crumbs that he would get to come back and be in a third string quarterback role, crumbs relative to an NFL contract. And then you just talk about still, I mean, there's still Cam will always be a guy. Cam could be 65 years old and people will still want him to come and play for this franchise <laughs> and be a backup quarterback. That's just the love that he gets right. uh, in this city. But I think that hopefully they can forge a relationship because I think there's a lot that Cam could help Bryce with as far as navigating his current situation. But um, other than that, as far as bringing him back on the football field, I don't see a lot of the benefits necessarily either. Mm -hmm. But I just thought that I found that interesting that uh, he felt that way. I, I do wonder, too, from Adam Thielen being on this football team, we view, we viewed his age as maybe a detriment to him being the number one wide receiver. I do wonder if there is some kind of intelligence Bryce Young can pick apart there with Thielen having made the roster. I don't know, right? You can do that with Andy Dalton as your backup QB, but Adam Thielen, a great vet to have in the locker room as well. How much can he help working with Bryce every single day, discussing some of the routes that he's going on, you know, working with the coaching staff as well. I wonder if that, if that helps Bryce too. You just have so many smart players, smart coaches, at a bunch of different areas with this football team. It doesn't mean that he's going to go for over 1,000 yards. It doesn't mean that he's bona fide wide receiver he's one going on for compared to everybody else. Yeah, and you're, I would love it. If, if he gets over 1,000 yards, then I think that's going to spell a lot of success for this team. I wonder how much that digs into Jonathan Mingo's numbers and Aiden Hurst as well, right, this and that. But even if Thielen doesn't reach 1,000, even if he gets close to it, I do think that he is going to be a valuable part of this football team, at least for the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I think so, too. And, and he's going to be a guy that's going to bring Bryce Young along no other way than running great routes. We know that's what he specializes in, especially at his advanced age. That's where he is in his game now. But I think every now and again, you're still going to see flashes of the great player that he was. He put up a decent numbers in Minnesota, considering he had to play with Justin Jefferson, one of the top two to three wide receivers yeah. in the league depending on your preference well what about Thielen and Mingo that's the better question right not okay how much can Bryce Young learn from Thielen maybe the better question is how much can Mingo how much can Terrace Marshall you know, oh I think a lot of these young guys Thielen. can learn from Adam Thielen this was a guy that was a Pro Bowl uh, receiver this was a guy that at points was dominant in his career and at times was a number one receiver whether you want to talk about debate when Stefan Diggs was there if it was him or Diggs but Adam Thielen was putting up big numbers he was a big star. You saw him on commercials and all that jazz, uh, as the old heads would say. So he <laughs> right. can teach these guys a lot from being a star receiver to being where he is now. Well, and just kind of putting this all together, too, right? We talk so much about the staff and, and Bryce Young being in good hands. Okay, if we go to every position group and look at the younger players within that position group, you do have someone to look up to. So now you bring in Hayden Hurst, who hasn't been in the NFL as long as you might think, given his age, but he is older, right? This is someone that is an older NFL player, despite playing in the NFL, I think, four or five years now. He's been in a few different systems, and Hayden Hurst is an all-time guy. Everybody loves Hayden Hurst whenever they're on his football team. So maybe he can help a Tommy Trimble along, who's going into his third year, and whatever other other tight end you might sign that is young we just talked about the wide receiver connection you go with the offensive line Taylor Moten's already here right sure so like Taylor Moten he's a vet in the league at this point 
He can help out Ike Aquanu, who continues to develop in his NFL career. You go to the defensive side of the ball, defensive line, I don't know if you have a whole lot of veterans there, but you know Avero is going to put those guys in the right spot to succeed. And even with Avon Bell, maybe he can even help out a Jeremy Chin. And that's him who continues. I was going to so, point to. So, so Bell. there's veterans at a whole bunch of different spots. It, it honestly reminds me of a team in the NBA more so because we just talk about tanking more so in the NBA. But the the way that teams get that wrong is that they don't sign veterans anywhere and just say, all right, here's all the young talent. They don't know how to play, but they're really talented. Go out there and see what happens. It's almost like the Panthers took care of the last piece of the puzzle, as we mentioned with Bryce Young, but they also got a whole bunch of vets. They got a whole bunch of guys on their second contract in free yeah. agency, and now you got a whole bunch of dudes that just know how to play the game at their spot. That matters when trying to rebuild the way they have the last couple of seasons. Now you don't have the bridge QB. Now you're ready to roll and do the whole threading of the needle as we talked about winning now and winning later. Yeah, and so I think that that's a great way that they decided to build this roster, as I said, to have those older guys, to help those young guys, to teach them some of the experienced things. And so then when those guys become elder statesmen, they have the the knowledge for the Panthers to keep building, keep bringing in good young players because we know at its core the NFL is a young man's game and so you have to keep the each one teach one going in the locker room for sure the Panthers yeah. definitely have that element going this season so it should help them we'll see but when we come back on the Weston Walker show we close this thing out from here at the Wells Fargo Championship at Quail Hollow and we're going to talk about uh, what's on tap for tonight so check it out this is the Weston Walker show sports radio 92.7 WFNZ whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. One more segment to go before we hand the baton off to Willie P. Taking over for the Kyle Bailey Show. Appreciate Smoke Ludwig helping us out the last hour. Shroppy was doing it before that. Fitty now back in his chair after taking a brief moment to eat. Probably about like gone about 45 minutes. Yeah. Talking with some sponsors. Eating some hot dogs. How good was the food? Oh, you know, it wasn't... It wasn't too bad. You know, I, I felt like after the, the, the start we got off to, you needed a break. <laughs> you, so, you did that for me. Is what yeah, you, you so, went and ate some food for me is what you're saying. Yeah, I went and got a good hot dog, good mustard, some mm-hmm. chips, two really big chocolate chip cookies. I probably I got you know, one step closer to diabetes, but yeah. it's really good, man. I wonder how much your sugar tolerance is now <laughs> <laughs> because, you're, because you train like Rocky does, yeah. except you do it with toaster sugar. When was the last time you had a checkup? It's okay. We don't. <laughs> Junior year of high school. Good Lord. 
I don't, uh, you know, believe it or not, guys, I don't believe in going to the doctor. No, I believe it, actually. No, no. You say believe it or not, I totally believe that you believe that. You might need to. 100%. So can can I admit something that I have only admitted to Colin so far? Oh, yeah. It's just our secret. Nobody else is listening. Good. So, you know, yesterday morning I went and helped Kyle move some stuff into a U-Haul, right? Right. And we got done, and we were getting ready to leave. And he walked inside the house, and I was like, hey, man, I'll be there in a minute. And I went and sat in his, his front yard. And let's just say for breakfast I had two cereal bars. Okay. Yeah. Let's just say that one of the cereal bars came back up. Oh, God. And I just took a little leaf out of his yard and, and covered it up. Oh. A little? I li- okay. <laughs> There's a couple questions here that I <laughs> don't know if I really want to ask those questions. But – why are you not going plural when you say leaf? You're saying one leaf was, was able to cover it, up whatever came back from the cereal bar? It was just a single leaf. <laughs> wow. How big was the leaf? Are we talking sycamore? Are we talking just like... <laughs> okay, I was not prepared for your leaf knowledge. <laughs> are we talking Bradford pear? Are we talking... What are we talking? Yellow poplar? It, you tell me. Not, it, just, not just fish. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a leaf, and I was All like, right. you know what? We're going to just cover this thing up here. Okay. Good. And you did that. Oh, man. That is the way that you were going to welcome the new family that moves into that house. <laughs> going to leave it right there. Goodness gracious, Vinny. You are one of a kind. The two cereal bars that you ate, I, I'll tell you this. I remember when I was in elementary school, and I feel like they came out with those cereal bars where they had the milk in the middle. You know what I'm talking about? So they would have the, yeah. they would have the cinnamon toast crunch bars. That was the favorite. It would be... It would be it, it sounds gross. It's not like congealed milk, which I don't is a remember gross word, these. But it was like something in the middle. Willie, I know. Or do you remember what we're talking about? Does anybody know uh, cereal bars? I do I, remember anyways, them. The I do. Yes, that's what I'm talking. Was it that kind for you? Was it something different? No, I, I get the Nutrigrain uh, apple cinnamon cereal bars. It's what I eat. That sounds like the healthiest thing I've ever heard you eat before. The milk in the middle was fantastic. So are you talking about condensed milk in the middle of this, this bar? <laughs> <laughs> it was like a powder or something in there. I forget what it was, but that's exactly what we were talking about. So, yeah. So, well, there you Someone go. just right. dropped off some bear food. Thank oh, you no, very we, much, man. We, 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 all right, so we have people dropping us uh, off some food. We had, I believe, Sam Robinson is how he introduced himself. Yeah, he said, remember the name. And he gave us what looked like five-hour energy bottles, okay? That's what I thought they were. Except they're real dill pickle juicers. So he's got us juicing off of pickles right now with these little five-hour energy bottles. And then we had somebody drop off bear food, bear mix, what, quote, are the best peanuts in the game. The best, I guess, mixed nuts. Can we the try game? them on the air? Yeah, go ahead. You okay. tell us how it is. I mean, you have to say they're good, though, so we don't lose any people trying to do some business with us, as long as that's how, as long as you understand that. So he's opening it up. Oh, it comes in nice packaging. I will say that. It looks very good. Love the logo. And also, maybe we can try the pickle juice. And I don't even like pickle juice like that. So we're going to see. Y'all trying it. Good luck. <laughs> You're not going to do it? Wes, you want some nuts? You want some nuts? <laughs> 704-570-9610. Feel free to write in to the Garage Door Guru text line. Well, thank you, Fiddy. I will absolutely take some of those nuts. Wolfpack James wrote in, I assumed it was marshmallows in the bars, kind of like Rice Krispie. That might be one. But 704 said the cereal bars with milk were straight fire. Then he sent a picture in of the Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I also want to hear more about how your spectator strategy is. Are you one that's going to camp out at a green? We got some great advice to where if you're going to camp out at a certain green, to do it at a par three hole. So you can see some excellent shots, maybe flirt with a hole in one. 
Maybe you can just see guys be absolutely amazing on the PGA Tour and get it as close to the pin as possible. That's my favorite strategy. Somebody else wrote in, they walk the back nine so they can see every single golfer when mm. it's time to, okay. you know, especially crunch time. So I like all of those ideas. What would be the way that you guys would do the spectator strategy thing? I know we talked about it at the beginning. Why don't you tell the people that are yeah, listening? Yeah, I, I would just want to sit at the critical holes because I feel like by the time you get to the 18th, you more than likely will know who's going to win. So I want to sit maybe 15, 16, some of those yeah. decisive holes. So that would probably be my strategy. Other than that, just following around a golfer that I like. Would you? Here's my question for you. I changed it. I'm sorry. My question for you now is would you rather follow – some of the top golfers on tour, or would you have rather followed Roy Williams today on the Pro-Am? Oh, that's <laughs> a really good question. I'm still going to go with Roy Williams, though, okay. right? Like, he's – it's Roy. I No, you tell me. I know Roy is who you have called the GOAT many a time today. He is. Today. Yeah, so I, I still him – he would be a lot of fun to just watch his reaction to either a good shot, mm -hmm. bad shot, or just an indifferent shot. Like, he'd be a lot of fun, I think. He would be. I think Mac Brown would, too. I don't know if you can be around Mac Brown all that much, but Mac Brown would be a lot of fun as well. He's such a nice guy, both of them. All right, let's hear the uh, the nut review from one Josh City Marlowe. <laughs> the bear nuts, bear mix, bear food. That's, That's what yeah, it is. Yeah, bear, bear food. food. <laughs> I didn't know which one they were. Tell me how good are the, is the uh, bear food. So it, it also says on the, the, the canister here, hand-cooked gourmet peanuts. Oh, sounds great. Um, yeah, the, the, these are really good. Coming from a guy that eats peanuts on the, on the regular. During baseball season, okay. I eat peanuts just about every day. These are some of the best peanuts I've ever had, and I got like three oh, yeah. different of the nuts in there. Mm -hmm. All three of them hit pretty There's good. There's no in between with Fiddy. I told you, man. Anything he does is yeah. the best or the worst. You should be fired, or you're the greatest. <laughs> you never. That's come how it is. Just a response like, "Oh, those were good. These are the best." It's some of the best like trail mix type of stuff he's ever had. Uh, what about you? But I mean, look, honestly, well, that's what I'm saying. Honestly, it's just pretty tasty. I didn't know it was sweet and salty. <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny to this me. Is you guys, because we're talking about nuts. And well, sweet, no, because salty. because it's just funny. You guys have this natural reaction, and now Fiddy is doing a great job at actually selling the product. Now, here's the thing for me: <laughs> not a huge pickle juice fan, but this is pickle juice five hour energy style. And I'm going to try it right now and see just I how good it is you. from Mount Olive. From Mount Olive. We've got people that are watching us live that don't agree that I should do this. But oh, hang, on. Go. hang on. Can I, can I record you? No, it's okay. You know what? You guys can feel free to talk while I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you okay over there? Don't know if dead air is up. No, that was Ooh, great. His face. <laughs> Mount Olive. Get your pickle juicer today. He looks like he's getting tased right wow. now. Wow. That was um, – no, it's good. <laughs> Look, man, I'm not, I'm not going to be out here just You know what, Walker? You're my partner. Yeah, what's up? You going to do it, Wes? Go ahead and just take a pickle juice shot. I'll try anything once. Okay, go ahead. Well, oh. they have pickleback shots. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going on the Wes and Walker page. I don't know if I've it. ever seen it. Uh, 704 wrote in, definitely thought cereal bars would have been below Will Willie P in his fine dining. Oh, there you go. Willie P got a Willie shout Willie P out. does strike me as a bit of a he's snobby a, eater. He's a fine diner. Yeah, right, man. 100%. I don't know if I'm going to take the full. You want me to take the full shot? I did. I'm just saying I know I did. And My I know dog all, did it. After, I'm going to do it. Out of, out of all of that brown liquor hate that you give me, you better take this full Oh, look shot at his face. Look at his face. He didn't even swallowed it. That's um, not bad. That's not bad. It's not bad? Yeah. But you like pickles, though, right? So that just furthers the soft narrative with you. What the pickle juice? I didn't. Li I don't like pickle juice. Do you I like don't pickles? Either, but 
No, I don't eat pickles like that. I don't really? think you're soft, by the way. But I'm just saying that the narrative <laughs> that some of the callers have. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that about you. No, I appreciate I that. I think there's a dog in there. As, as long as we're giving ringing endorsements, my ringing endorsement from Wes is, I don't think you're that soft, by the way. I no, I said I, <laughs> I think it's a dog in there. A hundred percent. The right. thing about these is you don't know what you're going to get in a bite. You might get salt. You might mm-hmm. get sweet. All right. That's Weston Walker's food review ending from 12 to 3 a today. Mix. We appreciate Fiddy out here wow. on site. We appreciate Shroppy running the board for the first two hours. And we also thank Smokey behind the scenes helping us out back at the Planet Kia Studios. Coming up next, it is Willie P. with Smoke Ludwig for the next three hours right here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, live from Quail Hollow.